welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Well, some high drama today in the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy, ousted as Speaker of the House. It is a first in U.S. history. Basically, Matt Gates, the Republican from uh, Florida, led the effort to oust McCarthy, but there is no successor. Gates evidently doesn't have designs on the speakership himself. He doesn't want to ascend to the position. He just wanted McCarthy out. He felt, as a lot of the conservatives in the caucus believed, that McCarthy was a rhino or is a rhino, made one too many deals with the Democrats. Now, that's possibly true. That's possibly true. You know, I heard Levin singing McCarthy's praises the other night, and he was lambasting Gates for trying to take out McCarthy, and he was successful. Gates... uh, one out in the end. 216 to 210 was the vote to oust McCarthy. And I, it could be the end of the line for McCarthy, politically speaking. Uh, he says he never gives up and we'll see what happens. But And we, we'll see who emerges as speaker. I mean, Jim Jordan's name has been bandied about. It has Elise Stefanik, her name also, brought up as a possible successor to McCarthy. Although Mac- even the New York Times said today they had a piece up on Drudge, I think it was, that uh, Stefanik has her eyes set on a second Trump administration maybe being a part of Trump's cabinet. But she's the highest ranking woman in the House, and she's been talked about as a possible successor. We'll see what happens. Kevin McCarthy out as speaker, and that's big news. The other big news is Trump's civil trial in New York City. Did you see the look on this judge's face, the presiding judge, grinning like a Cheshire cat? Very unjudge-like, for, for lack of a better word. I think it was somebody, maybe Tucker Carlson, said he looked like a schoolboy in a high school play, grinning. And the whole trial and the charges against Trump are farcical. The judge, in the case Arthur Ngoron, Smiley, issued a gag order today on making public remarks about his staff members after the former president blasted the judge, his top law clerk, and Attorney General Letitia James, Attorney General here in New York State. He went on Truth Social and just (laughs) crushed the judge and the top law clerk. But James accuses Trump uh, and two of his adult sons— the Trump Organization, and top executives of fraudulently overvaluing their real estate properties. That's the charge. Where are the victims? There are no victims. He overinflated his, his net worth or his company's, you know, his real estate properties. So what? The banks, the insurance companies, they got all got paid, interest included. No victims. It's a victimless crime, so-called. They're trying to keep Trump off the ticket. Basically, it's election interference. The same thing the Democrats accuse Trump of, they're, they're guilty of. It's called projection. I mean, Letitia James is a disgrace to the law profession. Why don't she, she should go after the real criminals here in New York State. The people, the real criminals out roaming the streets, robbing and raping and pillaging, especially in New York City. She lets them loose. You know, Alvin Bragg doesn't prosecute any of those people. But they're going after Trump. This is crazy. The gag order issued today after Trump attacked the judge's law clerk. I mean, they're threatening him with jail time if he violates the gag order. So that's the other big story. The civil trial in New York City, McCarthy getting ousted as speaker, Dianne Feinstein passing earlier this week, and uh, her replacement has been named by the nutcase out in California, Gavin Twosome Newsom, Democratic governor, has chosen a black radical lesbian. So, you know, you basically you check all the boxes. She's black. She's a lesbian. She's pro-abortion on demand, pro-LGBT. This 
LaFonza Butler, lives in Maryland, doesn't, doesn't even live in California. She's supposedly going to fill the seat left vacant by Feinstein, who finally passed away. I don't mean to be disrespectful, speak ill of the dead, but she was 90 years old. And at the end, she couldn't even speak, basically, in the Senate. Her, her aides had to tell her how to vote. It was a, just a, such a sad spectacle her last few days. Why not retire and spend the remaining time you have here on this earth with your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, the people who love you? What is it about these people that can't retire? 90. Pelosi's 83. Steny Hoyer's 82 or 83. Bernie Sanders, as I mentioned last time, he's in his 80s. It's like Biden's 80. It's just retire and go away and give the American people a break. We've had enough. These politicians, it's about power. They're afraid to give up the power. And I don't think, frankly, Kevin McCarthy's done yet. I know the New York Times is writing him off, saying this is the end of the line. Politicians never go away. They just they, they reemerge, they reinvent themselves, and I'm sure Kevin Mark McCarthy will be back. But this uh, supposed replacement for uh, Feinstein heads up the leading pro-abortion pack. Uh, Emily's List, which boasts on its website, quote, at Emily's List, we work to elect Democratic pro-choice women up and down the ballot and across the country with a goal of fighting for our rights and our communities. Which communities are are those? She is, you know, she's a communist. And again, she's black. She's a a lesbian. And again, you check all the boxes. The left-biased website Wikipedia, I'm looking here at a piece, I think, off WorldNet Daily, in its entry on Butler, confirms her child is being raised in a same-sex household that is intentionally fatherless. Butler, again, she's lesbian. She and her partner, uh, N-E-N-E-K-I, Lee, have a daughter. How'd they get that daughter? Well, they didn't have it biologically, obviously. So they moved to Maryland two years ago when she assumed the presidency of Emily's List. These are, these people are the types of people running, really running the country, running the Democrat Party. Gavin Newsom, Biden, Kamala Harris. I mean, uh, they're all the same. You know, you can say, well, but Biden's killing the country. He's got to go. Who's going to step in next? Kamala Harris? No, we don't like her. Uh, who's next in line? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. They're all cut from the same cloth. This butler worked as a senior advisor to Vice President Harris. You see what you see? I, I mean, it makes no difference. They're all they're all socialists or worse. Then we have the uh, this guy pulling a, a fire alarm, this other socialist Democrat, this Bowman, a New York congressman. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Can you imagine this guy, Jamal Bowman? If it were if he were a Republican and he did that, the media would have a fit. They'd be calling for his ouster. Nicole Meliotakis, a former assemblywoman, in Albany is now a congresswoman. She introduced a resolution to have this guy booted from from the, the House. It won't happen, of course, but she introduced a resolution to do that this week. And you can see the images. The New York Post got the image of this guy, bright red alarm, glaringly marked with the word fire. He said he didn't know he did it accidentally, which is nonsense. He delayed the vote. He delayed the vote, a crucial House vote, because they knew how the vote was going to go. They didn't want to get the outcome they got. So this guy pulls a fire alarm. All right, what else happened? Joe Biden, president at the UN earlier this week, I guess it was over the weekend, Sunday, was pleading with with the world, basically, 
to uh, urge Congress to reconsider the decision to drop financial support for the Ukraine, which I guess a lot of conservatives uh, said they uh, would would avert a government shutdown if uh, the uh, the Democrats and some of the Republicans said, you know, no more spending, no more money going to Ukraine. So they 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 halted. Not all the money, but most of it. They halted the money going to the Ukraine for now. I'm sure the billions will find their way. There's a pipeline of money going to the Ukraine. It's going to happen. But that was part of the shutdown deal. So Sunday, Biden's plea was bolstered by the EU's top diplomat, Josep Borrell, who urged Congress to reconsider its decision to drop financial support for the Ukraine. All the globalists are up in arms. Nikki Haley went after Congress for ditching aid to Ukraine. She was on Fox News Sunday. She said... Financial support for Ukraine would prevent war. Well, it, how's it done so far? It's it's like pouring gasoline on a, on a fire. It's made things worse, USAID. $113 billion in U.S. taxpayer dollars so far has gone to Ukraine. And she says we need to give them what they need. Why? What, what do we get from it? And now the new line is, well, if we don't stop the Russians in Ukraine, they're going to invade Poland. Russia's not going to invade Poland. And I'm no foreign policy expert, but I know what I know. Russia is in no position to invade Poland, which is a lot more powerful militarily and economically than is Ukraine. You know, a lot of people don't know this. Russia obviously is a military threat. They have, I forget how many, 6,000 nuclear nuclear warheads, nuclear weapons. So they're militarily, they are a powerhouse. But their economy is about the size of Italy's. So they're not going to invade Poland. You know, Lindsey Graham and some of the other middle-of-the-road Republicans, are they're all on board for this $60 billion aid package to Kiev. You know, it, it's not going to happen, at least not right away. And it shouldn't happen. If you heard Rand Paul about this, talking about the money in Ukraine, it's phenomenal. He's He's been all over the place, all over social media. We're $1.5 trillion in debt. What we're doing basically is borrowing money from China to send to Ukraine. And the American taxpayers, there was a poll recently, a majority, a clear majority of taxpayers are fed up with the United States bankrolling this war in Ukraine. You know, we're we're tired of the no-win wars, whether it's in Afghanistan, Iraq, wherever. We're tired of them. But the, uh, you know, the Uniparty, the Democrats and Republicans, they, they want to keep the aid flowing to Ukraine for whatever reason. I mean, there's so much corruption in, in Ukraine, as we've talked about. I mean, there's, you know, what are we going to do about it here in upstate New York? There's not a lot we can do about it except make changes this November and certainly in November of 2024. Uh, the Biden administration has forgiven student loans for some 800,000 borrowers. Is it you? Are you on the list? If you're one of the 804,000 borrowers who will have a total of $39 billion forgiven under a one-time adjustment granted by the Biden administration, it's for people in income-driven repayment plans. So it's probably not for you if you're listening to this program. If you've been paying back loans for 20 or 25 years, I've been doing that pretty near 25 or 20 years, but who have never received credit for late or partial payments. If you're interested, it's you know it probably doesn't affect you, but if you're if you have any questions, you can check out the uh, state or the federal education department's website, and uh, they'll make it clear for you. I mentioned at the end of last show about a, uh, a Christian couple here in the United States how they're being shipped back to Germany. They're being deported because they want to homeschool their children. That's not allowed in Germany. 
In the early 2000s, these devout Christians, Hugh, and I don't, I don't know if I can pronounce their names correctly, U-W-E and Hanalore Ramaki, sent their children to public school in Germany, but they realized that the radical progressives bent on indoctrinating their children the way they're doing it over here were bent on, you know, bending the curriculum to their agenda. So they scanned elementary level English language arts books and their kids would be reading these books and they found a lot of anti-Christian propaganda. They claimed or claim it promotes praying to the devil rather than to God, disobeying your parents and teachers as authorities. This is what the couple told National Review. There were stories about witchcraft. The only thing they found out about Christian belief was about bunnies and eggs for Easter. So they said, you know, we're not going to subject our children to that. They pulled their kids out. The U.S. granted them asylum. And now the Biden administration is basically sending them back. And, I, you know, they decided to homeschool their children back in 2006 in defiance of German law. The Biden administration, they don't send anybody they don't deport anybody. Certainly, we're finding that out. And if, if you're from, uh, you know, southern uh, border states, they don't send you back. But they're going to send this Christian couple back to Germany. Uh, we wish them luck. We need. They, they certainly need our prayers. All kinds of other things to, to get to. There's a story here out of Arizona about a school board member. I guess I could read it to you. We got a couple of minutes left here. Her name is Heather Rooks. R O O K S. She filed a lawsuit with the First Liberty Institute recently alleging that the Peoria Unified School District has ordered her to stop quoting Bible verses during meetings. She claims it's a violation of her First Amendment rights. She was elected to the board last year. She began reciting scripture during her opening statements during each meeting, which was protested by the usual leftist groups and resulted in an email being sent by Lisa Smith, the board's legal counsel, who said that they could not pray or recite scripture during board meetings, according to the lawsuit. In response, Brooks filed a suit against the district, explaining that the board and Smith had claimed reciting scripture was a violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment, after pressure from the outside groups. I'll read you the the lawsuit. It says, The district's official policy and actions which purport to ensure Rooks does not read scripture or offer Bible verses regulate her speech based on its content, message, and viewpoint. The district's policies and actions, therefore, chill her ability to freely speak in violation of her First Amendment. She quoted Isaiah 41.10, which I will not quote for you now, but most of you are familiar with the uh, with the scripture. I don't see what the problem is. I don't see what the threat is. Really, what we're getting down to here is the left's real target is God. They hate God. And Jesus warned us the world would hate us because of our love for for him. The world hates us, hates Christians. But I'll uh, follow up on this story as I get additional uh, information about it. You know, I, I, you know I, I'm on a school board here locally in the uh, Cambridge district in upstate New York in Washington County. I have not read scripture verses, but I did quote the Bible a couple of times when I was not a board member, when I was addressing the board. I mean, it's our right under the First Amendment. We can speak about God in the, in the public sphere. I think a lot of people, Christians included, uh, have been cowed by the left. They think that they don't have that, that right to speak about God in the public sector. We do have that right. Exercise it. 
Don't let anybody take that right away from you because that's what it means to be an American. I wish I had more time. There are tons of things. What a busy news day. Again, if you're just tuning us in, I'm sure most of you have heard about Kevin McCarthy, ousted as Speaker of the House. Donald Trump facing yet another set of charges. I forget how many charges he's facing, like 91 charges. They're all bogus. He's been convicted of nothing, nor will he be. They're just trying to keep him off the ballot for 2024, and they're going to fail because he will be elected president again. They know it. They know it. All right, that's about all we have time for. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Don't forget, hit like, hit subscribe, because we need subscribers, and tell your friends about the program on social media. A lot of fine programs up on the BMG Network for you. You have this show, The Pac-Man, with me, Ted Flint. My daughter, Madeline, with The Essentials, with Maddie Flint, airs once a week. Adrian Ross with her show on Tuesdays. And also, uh, check out the PAC Perspective columns up there every couple of weeks when the spirit moves me. So check it all out, the bmgnetwork.com. Thanks for tuning us in, folks. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.